Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the show where we watch Blizzard and their games very intently, like your cat does when you're sleeping and it's hungry, so it's like staring at you, and you wake up and there's like the little eyes in the darkness. That's us, and Blizzard is the ones who are supposed to be feeding us. I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host. With me this week are two co-hosts who probably have experienced that at least once with their cats. Uh, first up, he's got a cute cat. Almost as cute as my cat. Uh, he's Alex Zebart. Alex, what's up? Uh, I would disagree on your assessment about whose cat is cuter, but that's beside the point. Hi, I'm here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm not bad. Well, I'm kind of bad, but we don't need to talk about it. Um, anything going on besides like the stuff that happened today? Anything Just in game? Heroes 2.0 all the way. Um, yeah. I opened about a billion loot chests today. Outside of Heroes, I'm just writing stuff because that's kind of my job. Alrighty. Uh, also with us this week, um, Anne Stickney, who is almost done working on her, her house renovations, I hope, because <laughs> you've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well. But I was going to open with, I, I had a cat who used to wake me up by licking my eyelids. Yeah. We it have wasn't intense staring. It was actual tongue on eyelid action. It was very disturbing. <laughs> we have a cat who, one of, one of our three cats is named Puck. And what she likes to do is if she gets into the bedroom, she will get up on the pillow that you're sleeping on uh-huh. and just very slowly nudge you with her head to get you to move yeah. without waking you up. So you wake up an hour or so later and you're not on your pillow anymore and the cat's completely taking it over. Yeah. I but- had another cat who used to, he, he would like curl up and sleep in bed with you, but he liked to take his half out of the middle, like yes. to the point where he was a big cat. He was like a 30 pound cat or something. Like he was a chunk of cat. And you'd be laying in bed and he'd curl up like beside you and then he'd brace himself against the mattress and just push. And this was when I was like a child, mind you. And he nearly pushed me out of bed. He was strong. He was a very strong cat. Anyway, yeah, remodel stuff. Um, I wish it were all done. It is not all done. 
we we keep discovering new and delightful things. The latest in the list of delightful things is that the vanity that was in our bathroom that we assumed was a standard height and depth was not a standard height and depth. It was just made to look like it was a standard height and depth. Okay. This is all part of the fact that your house was basically built by a crazy man living in the woods by himself. I well, oh, he wasn't living in the woods by himself. He, I think, he lived on a farm someplace very far away from here. Because he came to this place and he bought the land and he looked at the land and said, "I'm going to build a house there." And that's all he knew about building stuff. So none of the floors are level, which means that anything that you put in the house automatically has to be like shimmed back and forth and set on little risers and things like that. Right? It's just crazy. It's just crazy. When my dad originally put the walls up and the outlets and everything else, he set them to the height of all of these crazy shimmed pieces of furniture that were not standard heights. So now when we're trying to redo stuff and we take out the stuff that we didn't know was non-standard and go buy a new standard piece of furniture, suddenly we find out that it's going to cover up the outlet on the wall. And we can't shift the outlet, because if we shift the outlet, we have to shift the mirror. And if we have to shift the mirror, then we have to shift the other light. Like, it's just chaos. It is just chaos right now. But we have a functioning working shower, and I'm very happy about that. I recall when you first told me about this project, you said it was going to take a weekend to put in a new bathtub. Yep. And um, <laughs> it, has, it has been like two or three weeks. And three new week. bathtub it's going to be four went... weeks this weekend. <laughs> Okay. New new bathtub went to we have to rebuild the entire bathroom. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I expect at some point Anne will come in and say, well, we decided to move the house to Jupiter. We just we just burned the whole thing down. <laughs> We're it's, starting over. It's like this, this project gets worse every time I hear about it. So, yeah. It is a beautiful, beautiful location. We have a view that is absolutely astonishing. Alex, you've seen it. I have seen it. And and I love the location and everything. It's just trying to do anything home reno in this house is a logistical nightmare. And we did not know how much of a nightmare it was going to be because my dad was very good at making everything look like it fit originally. And, and it did not. Well, <laughs> while, while that view is amazing, <laughs> I will say your balcony terrified me. I don't know why. I am a large I mean, dude, and I was concerned I was just going to fall through the balcony and roll down a mountain. I think I think maybe it's because, well, I didn't actually like grow up there because we moved up there when I was like in middle school. But I've never had a problem with heights at all. Like I used to climb the outside of the house. And as a big dude, anytime anything under me makes a creak sound, I consider whether or not I'm about to die. Yeah, you're not about to die. Like, everything like there is real solid. Squeaks, it's real solid. If squeaks, I'm a dead man, and I know it. <laughs> anyway. Yes, well, that's, that's good that we're... I, I don't know. It feels like Alex is plotting his own death. I, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. But uh, we should probably talk about the top stories of the week. Yeah, because um, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, most of it's Heroes of the Storm. Let's just be right up front. Um and with Heroes 2.0 coming out, today was the, today was the launch, right? That's that's what today was because I, I watched a lot of videos and mostly I was watching that's people right. play Heroes of Storm. So today was the, the yeah, launch. Heroes 2.0 launched today with the big stream event and all that. 
Yeah. Um, first, I guess we should just go straight with the, the reveal from the cinematic today. Uh, Diva from Overwatch is the next playable hero in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be Deathwing, but nope. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Heroes of the like everybody was wondering what the next hero was, and Heroes of the Storm put out a teaser for the cinematic that was like three claw marks across the dragon sigil in Hanamura, and so everybody was like, "Oh, there's three claw marks, so it's got to be a hero with claws. It must be Deathwing." And I had this feeling like it could be a hint for the new hero, or it could just be Diablo because it fits Diablo. Maybe they're like hyping up the new Diablo skin, but it wasn't even that. It was just that Diablo was in the cinematic. So it was not a hero hint at all. Nope. Uh, but I'm going to say this. I think I, I get why some people might not like that it's D.Va because they might feel like there's been a lot of Overwatch heroes been pushed in lately. This will be the fourth or the fifth? Diva's the fourth? Uh, Zarya, Tracer, Lucio, Genji, Diva, fifth. Yeah, so this yes. will be the fifth one. That is, that is a lot of, of Overwatch heroes for the limited amount of time Overwatch has been out. Overwatch will be a year this next month. Yeah, uh, it, for... So, a game that isn't very old and already has a pretty limited cast. Like I don't, um, what's a, what's a better terminology than the dirty one for I'm thinking of, of using up all the good stuff too fast. Um, I don't know. Now you've, you've made me paralyzed. I can't, um, I can't even think of the dirty one. So (laughs) eating, you know, eating all the red M&Ms and can I have permission be dirty for a moment. I guess it's your. I don't want them to blow the Overwatch load too quickly because there's only so many characters and there's only so many of the, them that are like super duper fan favorites that if they include all of them right away, and Overwatch has a limited roster, uh, that's not very much longevity for Overwatch in Heroes of the Storm. But at the same time, I know they want to ride the Overwatch hype. My concern for Overwatch characters in any like game like this, Heroes being the one we're talking about, is that they have to make them different from characters who are already in heroes of the storm. Yeah. Like certain characters kind of like, for instance, if, if they were going to put in Reinhardt, Reinhardt's a big dude with an immunity shield. We have a lot of tanks in heroes already. How you make him distinct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, I, I don't know with if a hammer and a hero in an, an immunity shield. I don't know uh, if that's so much problem. I don't think we have a hero in heroes of the storm that has like an actual shield. They put no, down but you, like, you know that. what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, I think they're well, going too hard. Well, here, for instance, they we've people have been calling Genji Tracer Light since he came out. Yeah, and that's a in problem terms, to me. Yeah, in terms of like gameplay rules, like it's it's always like if you're just playing casually or even if you're just playing ranked, people are still going to play Genji. It's um, when you look at it, which is not necessarily the right way to look at it, but look at it from like the pro scene. Obviously, not everybody's a pro, so it's not really relevant. But when you're looking at the pro scene, you're watching esports or whatever. If a pro has the option, should I go Genji or Tracer for the mo- high mobility assassin? Well, if Tracer does it a little bit better, they're just going to pick Tracer unless she's been banned out. But Genji for like regular players, they'll probably still play him, even if someone is, you know, fills that role. So but, uh, I have a question regarding D.Va. Do sure. we know anything about D.Va's abilities or anything yet? Or is it just, hey, she's going to be there and that's it? It was a cinematic, and that's it. The cinematic was pretty I, cool. Yeah, the cinematic actually was really. I was I was actually much more excited for it than I would have been if it had been Deathwing. Quite frankly, I think, I think they hyped it too much for what it was. I think that's the problem. Um, it's a cool cinematic when they're like brand new, never before seen. Heroes of the Storm cinematic. People kind of think back to that first cinematic where it was like uh, 
a big cast of characters, like from all different franchises. You had Rainer fighting Diablo, and there was like a bunch of characters. This was basically an Overwatch cinematic with Diablo in it. I liked it though, but then I like all Overwatch things. I I liked the fact that Genji hitched a ride on Diva's back. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was quite frankly something you should probably be able to do in Overwatch. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if that's like if that's going to be one of her things is people will be able to like piggyback on her to get across the map faster or whatever. I mean, probably not. They just wanted to do I, something cool, but it was cool. Doesn't, like, Morales have something like that? Morales has a dropship everybody can get into as, like, yeah. an ultimate. So, I guess that would be theoretically possible. I don't know if it would be how useful it would be. It might be useful if it worked kind of like a teleport. Like, if, you know, Diva could pick you up and take you over here, and you, you and Diva could attack things. I don't, I don't know why they would I don't know. Uh, they usually stay mostly faithful to the Overwatch kits, and I guess you it can step on an enemy diva's head in Overwatch, but that's not useful, is it? I don't know why that would be a thing. Not, not really. No, Diablo wrecked that 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 point though. Like he threw the bell. That's the thing you're supposed to be defending. That's a checkpoint. He wrecked it. Yeah, well, he's not he's not playing Overwatch. He's just being Diablo. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he's so terrible at that game. Ugh. I'm actually thinking he doesn't like, understand the rules. So bad, Diablo! You're terrible at Overwatch. That's why no one wants to play him. To play with him in Overwatch. Doesn't doesn't Diva like blow up her mech though? Yeah, like, she does. Like... She'll jump out of her mech, and the mech will explode and detonate and destroy a lot of people if you do it right. Um, I'm like, and then she gets to that. a new one because you're I... totally disposable. Yeah, I'm and then she gets a new one. That would be pretty cool. Just I... blow people up in your mech. Well, I feel like that's probably something that they're going to include because that's just kind of one of her iconic abilities that she does um, is she will just detonate the mech. And do we have anyone in Heroes that can do that already or no? No, and that that was kind of what I was trying to get at a couple times that I don't think they should add so many new Overwatch characters here as the Storm. But if they're going to do any, I'm glad it's D.Va, the game could use more warriors and that's what she'll be. And I think she'll interesting mechanics like uh you know if it's something like she's a she's the tank and she's getting low she can kind of punish the enemy team by detonating her mech and then she gets a fresh one which is potentially a new health pool that's kind of a big deal i think that what she could it? theoretically the, refresh herself in combat isn't the only other uh even close to that is oh bloody heck i can't remember his name scar chomp and hell is about time guy Tychus, thank you, Tychus. Tychus summons an Odin. Yeah, but it's mostly a DPS cooldown. He doesn't get like full health out of anything. That's what I'm saying. It's like Divas would be a cooler version of that because her mech is more maneuverable. The Odin is kind of underwhelming if you've played StarCraft too. The Odin is like this city sieging skyscraper destroying enormous hell machine, and in Heroes of Storm, he like puts on a little metal suit. Yeah. The Odin in, in StarCraft 2 steps on Ultralisks like they're not even, like, what is that? Oh, yeah, I got an Ultralisk smeared in my foot. So, yeah, yeah. that definitely isn't what it is in, in uh, StarCraft. I could see I could see the whole dropping the mech thing as being part of a getaway mechanic, too, because if it propels her outward from it, then if she's running to get away from something, she could just, like, drop it, propel herself forward, the thing detonates on the people that are chasing her. Yeah, and... Akramon in chat makes a really good point, which is honestly the one reason I've the biggest reason I've wanted Diva in Heroes of the Storm is because Diva is a pro StarCraft player, like in Overwatch canon. Yes. And she's gonna be in Heroes of the Storm with like Kerrigan. What are those interactions gonna be? 
I want to hear what she says when she sees Kerrigan like in person. There'll Just be a lot of autograph wild squealing and fangirl noises. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Maybe God! we'll find out. We'll find out canonically what team Diva prefers. Does she play Terran? Does she play Zerg? Does she play Protoss? She There's play a canon Protoss. answer for that already because they made like a fake esports profile for her on the Blizzard website. She plays random, which is pretty intense. Yeah. That means she can play all of them at a pro level. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She's, so she, when they say she's I, a champion, like she's a champion, but she is a champion player. So it's gonna, actually going to be funny then because she could basically have comments for everybody. There's characters that, you know, like, oh, Proba, Probius, Probius and Diva as a team. Probius just beeping along and Diva talking. I cannot believe there's a Probius here. That would be yeah. nice. It'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I'm like, like I said, I don't think that you had so many Overwatch heroes. If they had to add another one, I'm glad it's Diva, but they should back off for a while because they're going to run out of cool ones. But in addition to that, since you know Diva is, was introduced and the cinematic was played, but we also found out about the new Nexus Challenge coming in, uh, Nexus Challenge 2.0. That's that's live now, right? Like you can do it right now. As yep. we're, as it's, we're a, it's a four week thing, and each week has different rewards. And week one is already live. So. Uh, going over it really quickly, it's kind of sort of similar to the last one, like Nexus Challenge, the original one, which they did last year. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's kind of like for Azeroth as well. You know, like there's no restrictions on what you can play, but you have to play so many games with a friend to get the rewards. Wasn't it like five games with a friend, and then the next week was five games with a friend, but anything but AI? Yeah. Like uh, week one is to play five games with a friend. It can be versus AI unranked, ranked, or quick play. But only week one can be done versus AI. Weeks two, three, and four, you cannot play them in versus AI. And week one is one of the rewards you get the Overwatch, the Oni Genji skin, right? Yeah, it's Oni Genji stuff. Uh, there's some Oni Genji stuff for Heroes and Overwatch. Heroes does not have... Wait, no, maybe it does. I don't know. Ignore what I just said. Week one is Oni Genji stuff. I think it's week two that has Cop Diva. Yeah, it's yes. an Officer Diva skin, and then there's also a Hover Cycle for Heroes yes. of the Storm. Yeah, so week two, play five games. The Overwatch reward is Officer Diva, which is Diva as a cop, and her mech is all copped up. Uh, week three is more Diva-related stuff, icon spray, skins, banners, all that kind of thing. And week four is... When you complete it, you get 10 loot boxes in Overwatch and 10 loot chests in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, keep in mind with week three, too, the other thing in week three is there's an Overwatch logo mount. It's basically the Overwatch logo on a floating disc that you yeah, can ride the, around. The, the Nexus hexagon thing. Like Whenever they add logo mounts, it's always on that hexagon shape. Right, and this one is just the Overwatch logo, so they can surf on Overwatch. Which is pretty cool. Yep. The Oni Genji skin, that was one that they introduced like a while back, but it was a limited time thing, right? That was the first Nexus Challenge award, yeah. Right. So I'm guessing that the reason that they're allowing that one in versus AI is because a lot of people probably have it already. So this is just a chance for the people that missed that opportunity to go get it real easy. Yeah. Or it, it could also be, um, I mean, this is obviously to get Overwatch players to play Heroes of the Storm. So it could be like, okay, week one, you don't know how to play yet. It's okay, do some versus AI. Week two, you should probably kind of know what you're doing because you played week one, so now we're going to make you go into quick match. We're not holding your hand with versus AI. Go play the real game kind of situation. I'm just happy that there's a chance to get the Oni Genji skin again because I didn't do it last time, but I could potentially do it this time because I can do it versus AI. So I know that that's like a potential thing yeah. that I can do. 
because I really I don't like play... that skin. It's beautiful. Because I don't play Overwatch, I don't care about getting the uh, Cop Diva skin, but the Cop Diva spray is so cute. For week three, I kind of want that. Just the spray. I don't need the skin. I don't play Overwatch. Give me the spray. The one where she's holding out her badge? Yeah. Though, like I said uh, in the pre-show, it's going to be really hard for that spray or any spray to beat the cartoon Jaina spray. That's my favorite by far. <laughs> I just, I, I think like out of all of them, week two is the only other one that I'm like really excited about because the Officer Diva skin is really cute. Um, yeah. And then the rest of them, it's like, eh, there's an icon, there's a spray. I'm not like too, I'm like, okay, whatever with the spray, but... Like the loot boxes or the loot chests, I'm those are kind of random, so I don't necessarily care so much. But the chance to get the Oni Genji skin, that I'm kind of excited about because I, I didn't do it last time. I don't remember what you had to do last time. I think it was like, what was it? Maybe it was to like, play five games with a friend or something? Yeah, but it was time, you had to play was... Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm with your friend. Like, you had to do both. I don't think you had to play Overwatch. I think it was 15 games with a friend, like same as ah. usual. Okay. I think something like that. Okay. okay. I don't know. This one is but only most, five, though. So. Yeah, most people like when they use these events, like bring in players from other games, like Overwatch. Um, it didn't really work the first time around for the, the first Nexus challenge because people saw what streamers were doing, which was the fastest possible way to do it, which was go to versus AI, set it to beginner, everybody rush one lane, and steamroll to the end in four minutes. And if you're trying to get people to check out your game when every single person is doing it that way, they're not really checking out your game. Uh, so I think they put some restrictions this time around to get people to actually look at what Heroes of the Storm is all about. Yeah, it makes sense. I find it funny that you're saying this, that like everybody that was streaming was doing this when we definitely were not doing that when we were playing. Yeah, we didn't. No, we didn't go. We didn't rush like one lane. And people were asking us, why aren't you rushing one lane? Because that's boring. Yeah, we're trying to show you how to play the, the game. game before. I didn't want to just like bum rush through it. I wanted to like see what there was to do. Plus, we had like two streams to fill, so it, you know, <laughs> it's, if we just do it super fast, then we'll have like dead time. And this way, we didn't. But uh, I also probably we should mention the uh, Wow Dev team is going to do another Q and A this week. Uh, they're doing it on April twenty seventh. So if you're listening to this, that's Thursday. So you're probably a day or two away from it. Um, it's with Ian Hazakostas, and, and it's if going you're to be listening talk- to this on the website. It's already happened. Sorry, <laughs> but it's with Ian Hazakostas. Um, it, it's basically going to be talking about seven point two, seven point two point five, and you know what they've done and what they're going to be doing. And if you have a question for it, uh, you can answer. You can leave a question in the forums. They they have a thread for it. Uh, and then there's a hashtag, which I believe is Legion QA. Yeah, that's a uh, hashtag for all of the QAs. So if you want to use the hashtag on Twitter, you can leave a question there as well. Um, I, I'm i always interested in seeing what Ian has to say, but I, I don't really know what more there is to say. I'm wondering I mean, if it, anybody will ask him about about 7.3. Like, maybe he'll drop more about 7.3. That would be nice, but... Because we were saying in the pre-show that we don't know what's going to happen in 7.3. We just got the one-word mic drop, and that was it. So maybe he'll expand on that a little bit. I would be surprised if they talked about 7.3. They usually are pretty explicit about that. Like, if they want to build hype for 7.3, they're totally going to say, we're going to talk about 7.3. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want them to do it, but I don't think they will. I'm just wondering if it's something they'd, like, slide into the end of it. You know what I mean? 
Maybe. Sometimes they like to end on a note where everybody's like, "He does another mic drop." I'm gonna. Yeah, it's like let's just do a also, second. By the way, let's do a second mic drop. <laughs> by the way, Sargeras drops him. No, stop it. No, I, I... Ian, microphones are very expensive. You gotta stop doing that. You gotta. Yeah, you're gonna damage the equipment. It's not. Look, I mean, I it looks cool, but I didn't rise all the way to game director to not drop mics. <laughs> they just before it happens, they just conspicuously put a pillow on the desk in front of him. <laughs> Ian, you're using a headset. What are you doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, so that's coming. So if you have questions to ask, you know, and, and you're listening to us live, you can go ask them. And if you're listening to this recording, I hope you knew somehow and asked. Perhaps you saw the website where we put a, a post for it, and you went and asked. I was going to say we posted the... about it already. Yeah, we have a website. We yes, do, we do. I think. Oh. The thing you, you were doing earlier was actually making a post for said website. I've I've never been there. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, I guess at this point we should move on and do emails, unless you guys think of anything else to talk about. I think we've uh, pretty much covered it. I think that's it. We don't have anything big coming up in World of Warcraft that I'm aware of. It's just the same old, same old. Things are rolling along. Invasions yeah, are happening. Things are unlocking. There was a really amazing story quest last week for Alliance players. Um, if you're not Alliance and you have an Alliance alt at max level, take them to the Broken Shore and do this quest. You really won't regret it. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's been anything like super major. Alrighty then. Super Major. He's my favorite superhero. Um, first up, we're going to just basically do emails now. So if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a Blizzard Watch or podcast in the subject line so we know it's for this podcast and not the other show. Um, as is usually the case, Anne's going to read them for us now. So take it away, Anne. Okay. Uh, first email is from... Sonuria from Kelfazad US, I hope I pronounced that right, who says, Hello, watchers. I've come across an interesting theory last week about what will happen at the end of Legion and wanted to get your input on it. Oh, boy. We know we're going to Argus in 7-3, so we know we're going to spend some time in the Twisting Nether. We know time passes much more slowly in the Nether since Solaria and Turalyon have apparently been fighting the Legion for over a thousand years. Do you think it's possible that after our time stranded on Argus, we come back to Azeroth, but 30 or 40 years have passed here since we left? It would be a good excuse to revamp the whole world like they did with Cataclysm and to create a lot of new storylines. Also, lore characters that didn't make the trip to Argus would be much older than they were when we left. I'm thinking about the old end when we see at the end of the Son of the Wolf comic. I'll also add that it would be the perfect way to make a Warcraft 4 RTS without messing with the WoW story. I think it's a bit too radical for Blizzard to actually do it, but it's still a cool theory. Thoughts? Thanks a lot and keep up the good work. Sinuria. Sinuria. I'm going to be honest that I don't think they would ever do this because I think they're really gun shy after Cataclysm. Yeah, that's the thing is Cataclysm. Cataclysm allowed them to revamp the world and allowed them to open up flying, which a lot of people had requested and wanted and they were really looking forward to. And it allowed them to go through and restructure all of those old quests from level one to 60. But in doing so, what it taught them was not a lot of people are actually playing through 1 to 60 anymore. So a lot of people... And and because they spent so much time on that world revamp, the quests and the zones for the actual expansion, like the max level quests and zones, it felt like they suffered as a result. Because there was a lot of on-rails moments throughout Cataclysm. 
like when you started a zone, it kind of led you, it was like going through, it's a small world or something. You had to follow a particular path and I, I you mean, couldn't progress unless you followed that particular path. You know what I mean? Do you think that they, I mean, I don't know how players would take it if they like leveled, if you're starting a new player and you level up to the, the start of the next expansion, if they phased it so that, you know, the, the 40 years later Azeroth was only from level 110 on, I guess people wouldn't really mind as much but it seems really i don't know that doesn't sound like a really good thing to me i don't i i don't know why my object to it but i do like i mean alex what do you think like that sound good i to you just or? i don't like the all your friends are dead scenarios you've been gone for 50 years and everybody you knew and liked and loved back in the world even though they're just npcs uh they got old and died and you weren't there welcome home no thanks Felix. If it were a five-year jump, like, you could still have some changes, but it wouldn't have yeah. to be, like, complete revamp. Like, 40 years, man, that's a lot of time. I, I, I'd i be much more amenable to – even a five-year jump would still be shocking to you because you were only there for, like, a week. And you come back and spend five years and be like, what? Um, and that would still have, like, you could still – Anduin would still be king. Presumably the Council of Three Hammers would still be the Council of Three Hammers, uh, except now that Moira's baby would now be, like, eight uh, so he could be standing around in Iron Forge pulling an Anduin back in, in vanilla. That'd be actually kind of cool. You know? Have it, you come to serve the Alliance? <laughs> it's you know? in one of those situations, like when that much time has passed, I think our characters would just turn around and go back to Argus. Like apparently this world moved on and we were all gone and everybody I knew is gone. I'm just going back to Argus. Forget it. You know, why let's just Azeroth go back and keep anymore. fighting the good fight and we'll call it a day. Well, it's like my I left one of my characters permanently on Draenor. Like I had a Draenei warrior that I was playing like right up to like Warlords. I left him on Draenor. He's still there. He is sitting in his garrison. He will never leave it because I, I was like, why would he leave? He's done everything he ever wanted to do. He has effectively saved his people. Sure, they're not really the same people he lost, but yeah, tomato, tomato. They look just like him. They act just like him. You know, I feel like to a certain degree, too much change kind of breaks, you know, what is your character even doing anymore? Like I go home and my grandkids an adventurer now, like, but I'm still like me. I haven't lived through any of that stuff. I don't know. I I just feel like that's a lot of time to pass. As for a Warcraft 4 RTS, here's the thing. The RTS is presumably a separate game from World of Warcraft it doesn't need to take place in current day World of Warcraft. They could go back to any period in history and make a Warcraft 4 RTS and have it work perfectly fine. They could go back to that giant gap between the War of the Ancients and present day Azeroth anywhere in there and just kind of fill stuff in if they wanted to. They could do something that was like pre- pre-dark portal even if they wanted to yes the original story was established at the you know the whole opening of the dark portal but since then we've gotten so much of Azeroth's history i mean they could just totally caverns of time it and 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 do a completely different time period if they wanted to for that matter um four years have passed since you know in the original world of warcraft cinematic they say four years have passed since the alliance and the horde fit you know we never saw what happened in those four years. I mean, yeah, maybe it was like one book. They could kind of elbow something in there if they wanted yeah, to. I don't, personally, like I know because I know how people are, so I know there are people who would not like it. But personally, I don't even care if they sit in RTS in the game now, except we aren't there. Yeah, you it could definitely. You know, doesn't just... 
It's like, okay, for this RTS, uh, you your character isn't here. That's all. That's all there is to it. Your character is not present. We are making an RTS. The end. Heck, you know what else they could even do? And this is kind of getting weird and Fire Emblem-y, but you could totally make a Warcraft RTS where you have generic heroes like they did back in the day where they had, like, you know, paladin units or whatever. And you could import your characters to names onto those characters using the armory. So instead of generic paladin, you'd have Alex's paladin. Alex would have his paladin. It just it's just a it's a paladin unit named after your character, and it looks a little like your character. That like, would you be kind of cool because it's like a customization element. Yeah, you could totally do that. It's not like it, it's beyond. But the thing them, is, they... is like the stories and stuff from World of Warcraft have already happened. Why would we want to play those again, even in an RTS format? Like, why would we want to retread that all over again? Why not take that opportunity to tell something completely new? Like, go back to. I don't know, just go back to like really early days or whatever. Go back to uh, Synchron in the chat channel said Warcraft RTS set during the Black Empire. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know, I mean, there's... to be to be fair, um, I, I would say not a majority, but a lot of the crowd that loved the Warcraft RTS games is super spiteful about World of Warcraft. They are not cool with how World of Warcraft killed the RTS games and like totally went in crazy directions with the story in the lore. For example, uh, the Lich King just getting punked in a raid. They're not very happy about that. Yeah, because he was kind of like he was the Warcraft guy. Was very the Frozen special. Throne. Frozen Throne yeah. was very special. A lot of people were really, really invested in that. And then we just, you know, Wrath of the Lich King, Ice Crown. I mean, was he tough to beat in the Ice Crown? Yes, he was. Speaking as somebody who was in a raid guild and raiding that content when it was current. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't that, know. They could set yeah. it anywhere. They could they could literally, they could set it anywhere where, where we haven't already seen us. Let's, let's follow the story of Cole Tiris and what happened to it after Dalen Proudmore left. Let's do that story in the RTS because I'll bet you it's interesting. Whatever well, it is. Well, for that... For that matter, though, I mean, one of the things they could do is if they set it up properly, like say they started working on it now, knowing it was going to be after the next expansion, you could definitely set a Warcraft RTS between expansions. This is what happened between this one and this one. Because we always wonder, what were they doing that whole time we were up in Northrend doing whatever? Or what are they doing while we're on the Broken Shore? This is what they what happened in the rest of the world while you were on the Broken Shore. I'm not saying that that's – I'm not saying they're going to do a post-Legion one, but I'm saying they could, in theory, do an RTS – that took place in between expansions. They I don't have, have to. one that covers what was happening on Azeroth while we were on Draenor. Well, most they were just sitting around waiting to get invaded by demons. Just like show but, show us show us what Fulgen was up to when he wasn't on Draenor. Show us what was going on. Just just show us some stuff. You know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments and things that they could show that don't have to be the story of World of Warcraft. I I, I think that an RTS version of the story of World of Warcraft would be kind of boring. And that's only because I'm really familiar with it already. I don't need to see that story again. You know, if you're going to give me an RTS, there has to be a hook for me to play it. Because I'm terrible. I am so bad at RTS games. You guys have no idea. I'm really bad at RTS games. So in order for me to, like, want to play it, it's got to have some kind of compelling hook. And for me, that's the story. I... Personally, think that if they were going to do another Warcraft RTS, they should just ignore World of Warcraft completely. Go Warcraft movie. It's a different timeline. Uh, every everything we did in the MMO, it belongs in the MMO. The RTS pick up from Warcraft. Warcraft three left off and go for it. Certainly know. another possibility. 
It'd be weird. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure the story even... of the Lich King would play out very differently in an RTS than what we did questing through Ice Crown. I don't know. I know people, you know, people keep talking about, oh, Warcraft 4, RTS. Do we even know that they're going to make one of those? No, no I think people are just don't... assuming because they've got three already that eventually they will make a fourth. I think it's just, just... a hope that there will be another one. Yeah. Well, because StarCraft was their other really big one, and it's gone. It's done. So what are they going to do now? Let's do an Overwatch RTS set during the Omnic Crisis. (laughs) Do a 4X game, Blizzard. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so um, thanks for the question, Senoria. Our next email is from Krevin of 110 Hunter, who says, Hey, Watchers, since the news came out about the Warglaves of Azanoth Mog for, de- Mog for Demon Hunters, do you think that Blizzard will finally allow players to transmog their old legendaries? I feel that instead of allowing that to happen, they may allow certain classes to mog the legendaries that feel best for their quest. For example, have a Thoradol skin drop from Kil'jaeden and Tomb of Sargeras, since that's where the original bow dropped from. If they do this, what other legendaries would you like to see transmogable, and how could they implement them in the game? Okay, so here's the deal for people who are not in the know about the Warglaze of Azanoth thing. There is going to be a Black Temple time-walking event. During that time-walking event, I think it's during that time-walking event, people that have the Warglaze of Azanoth that have gotten them on any character, if you have the achievement for the Warglaze of Azanoth, Azanoth, it will unlock that appearance for your demon hunter so that your demon hunter can transmog those. Did you guys Which know race? about this? Oh, I knew about it because we I talked did, about it last I week. I did not know about it. I wasn't here last week. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Alex, this is what's happening. <laughs> okay. I like the idea of allowing other classes to mog, like, class-appropriate well, legendaries. They've already kind of done this, haven't they? They gave uh, hunt rogues um, Thunder Fury. Rogues have a Thunder Fury appearance. We have a Thunder Fury it. appearance, but it's just for combat or outlaw. Excuse yeah, me. but it's still, it is, it, it's at least there's some precedent is what I'm getting at. They kind of have already decided to do this, at least to a certain degree. So I would love it if they did more of it. I would, you know, it would depend on like what classes got what. There are not actually that many legendaries in the game. Like if you, if, if they did this for say, um, oh, Atiash. Only like very few players would get it because it's like, like at this point, like, only players, yeah, only players who were playing back before uh, Wrath could get it because that's you know, they took the uh, they took Atiash out. Um, so they, I'd like it if they did it different ways for different people, and I like if they broadened it up a little bit. Like the War Glaives just for Demon Hunters. I, I get that only Demon Hunters are really using Glaives this expansion, but I've got the I've got the War Glaives in my bank, and I don't play my Demon Hunter that much, so it's not that compelling for me it's cool right i just think it's kind of cool what what the way that you get it there's a new achievement and the achievement is called i'll hold these for you until uh, until you get out that's what it's called (laughs) and it what you have to do is you have to complete war glaze of azanoth that achievement and then the i'll hold these for you until you get out and that's just defeat illidan in the black temple time walking thing if you have both of those, it unlocks... They call it Arsenal. Arsenal Warglaze of Azanoth, and that'll allow you to transmog it. I like this idea. I think that if they implement that for other legendaries, they should do it in this time-walking kind of situation. So, like, rogues can go ahead and transmog Fangs of the Father if they do... What is it? Um, oh my gosh, I can't... Dragon Soul. Dragon Soul, Dragon thank Soul. you. If they do Dragon Soul time-walking, like if they introduce Dragon Soul time-walking... Um, that kind of thing 
and maybe i mean i know the thunder fury thing the thunder fury thing that's the thing about thunder fury is like it is an appearance already for combat rogues for outlaw rogues i i'm never gonna get used to that (laughs) never ever but um presumably you know if they had like an achievement see how would they do an achievement for that one though well, pretty easily. I have Thunder Fury, for instance, and you could basically just put bring back the they they had um, molten core time walking in in effect. So they would it be it another already. case of molten core time walking? And would you get like Sulfurus the same way? I would like it if they would allow that, but who would get that? Because that's the thing. If you do it like you'd have to do it broader than just you know rogues get fangs of the father, because Sulfurus was multiple classes. Um, Thunder Fury was multiple classes. Okay, so the uh, multiple class ones maybe let them unlock for multiple classes. Fangs of the Father. The reason why I say rogues only is because oh, it was rogues, it's rogues only. only. Like yeah. there was a big quest chain. It was rogues only. Um, but like the hammer um, that I can't remember the name of currently, but the one from Old War. Oh yeah, Valinir. Valinir, thank you. <laughs> I'm like it began with a V. Anyway, uh, Valinir. That one was casters. Paladins. Yeah, paladins, priests, druids, uh, shaman. shaman. Yeah, if you were a healer, basically you could get Thordal. Yeah, it was, was it? Druids? I think monks can get it now. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure druids could get it. Yeah, druids could get it. Vol- okay, are we talking? We're talking about Volunir. Volunir, right? yeah. Volunir is a one-handed mace. I don't think druids can equip one-handed maces. Yes, uh, I think they can do two-handed maces for ferals. I don't know about one-handed. Uh, maybe the versions that they had was. I'm almost positive that I know a resto druid who used it. I'm yeah. about to look. I, I'm pretty sure it was a druid thing too. It was like all the okay. healers. It was a it was a it was a healer legendary. That was what people were freaking out about was because they'd never had a healer legendary before specifically for healers. Beyond right. um, Atiash had like it was a caster legendary, but it was gone. So yeah, druids two druid specs could equip it. Yeah, balance and restoration can equip it. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, I, like, I personally, I don't, I think the transmog restrictions are kind of silly in general, um, but I don't care as much about that stuff. But at the same time, I would not be surprised if Warglaves are an exception. I feel like Warglaves of Azanoth are a lot more iconic of their class than probably any other legendary, because the Warglaves for Demon Hunters go back to, again, Warcraft 3. Uh, yeah. Not... Demon Hunters not being able to use that appearance is lame, considering they were added after Burning Crusade was, so they could have never gotten them and used them at the time of Burning Crusade. Um, yeah, so if it I was an exception, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I, not, I wouldn't be surprised if they never do it again, but I would like them to do it again, and if they do, I would like them... Here's an example, the Shadowmorn. Yeah. Um, which is a weapon that warriors, paladins, and death knights could use. I'm pretty sure that's still the only case. I don't think they gave it to hunters or anything. I think it's still warriors, death knights, and paladins. Nope, I think I would, it's just those guys. I think that that's an example of one that, especially because they've done, they did a weird thing uh, back in like 715. Uh, they made it so the pre legendary epic versions of legendaries are now transmogable. That's so if, if you have Shadow's Edge, you can transmog to it. And if you have it on any character, you can transmog. Like, my Death Knight, who does not have Shadow's Edge, can transmog to it because my warrior has it. That's um, weird. And they did the same thing with the, the Sulfuron Hammer, which looks like Sulfuros but isn't orange. You can now transmog to that. And they did that. I, they think it's the same. You can use the staff. I can't remember the name of the staff because I never even thought about getting it. Uh, but the Mage staff, the Mage Legendary. Not just Mage, obviously, every caster. Warlock's got it. You know the one from The Fireland Fire staff. I'm sorry Harry if you're a, staff. Yeah, if you are a, a caster and you got that staff, 
I'm sorry that I don't remember the name, but you can the the non legendary version of that you can transmog to. Uh, the non and the daggers were always legendary, right? Like you don't have, there's no non legendary version of those daggers. No, there was there, there was non legendary because the the daggers they had like a progression type element to them, where he okay. would give you progressively stronger ones and then send you to go get more bits and pieces so that he could make them even stronger. And the so little, it's very much like Shadowmorn. Okay. Yeah, very much. So yeah, there were non legendary versions of those you know what i never actually checked to see if you could transmog to those might be able to i don't know because you might need to have them on a character i don't know i'll have to look on my rogue but yeah it's they did that a while back so they have loosened up already i would not be upset if they loosened up further that's that's what i'm saying i don't i don't expect them to do it because they've been extremely resistant i do think that alex is right and that this is a case of them realizing it just seems weird that you're a demon hunter and you're using like some you're using these artifacts you know th- basically you're arguing that you know no those those warglaves that are the the most famous warglaves that are the warglaves aren't the coolest warglaves this random warglave you've never heard of is yeah and but and again even though I say that like I wouldn't be surprised this exception I really do think that transmog restrictions to me they're silly even the silly transmog restrictions like the actual silly ones like oh you can't transmog to a fish why not right the guy in your raid who's tanking with a fish he's just a weird guy in your fantasy novel who everybody's like what is wrong with that guy and that's legit some weird dude that smells bad and carries around a fish that's a legitimate character I like the idea if they're going to unlock legendaries for transmog, I like the idea of them turning it into part of the game. Like, here's part of one of the perks of doing these raids on time walking is you can unlock these transmog appearances for these legendaries, but only to the classes that they're applicable towards, you know? So the restrictions are still there, but if you're that class and you have that legendary, you can transmog to it. Okay, I'm cool with that because there's an element of, okay, you have to obtain the original and then you have to do this other thing to unlock this. Like, that's all right. That's cool. That, that, like, that, that integrates it into gameplay, and I'm cool with that idea. Where it's not just a gimme, you have to actually do something for it. But you can still do it. You can get it done. It's yeah. possible. I like that. It's also, I think it's also worth, isn't, aren't the Warglaves the the last legendary that was a drop? Um, the hmm. Warglaves were a drop. Thoradal, the, Thoradal. Thoradal, wait. Yeah, Thoradal. Thoradal was a drop. The bow. Oh yeah, Thoradal was a drop. Yeah, because that was Sunwell. I yeah. think that was the last drop. Yeah, so everything Rath, after. Yeah. Yeah. From Wrath Rath onwards. Still go, you can still go farm up the Warglaves. Yeah, you can yeah. farm but the Warglaves and you can farm... Burning Crusade, that's not being an option. Well, the thing is, is like, I mean, I could go, if I wanted to right now, I could take my 110 Druid, go through... When I go through Olduar to farm for the pets and things like that, I get the pieces of the of the hammer all the time. I just haven't finished doing the quest for it. But you can solo that these days. Yeah, you can totally get Valinir or Shadows Shadowmorn. Shadowmorn has one quest that's really hard to solo because of the way you have to basically pass the stupid bite around. Yeah. A Blood Queen, you need to like bring three or five people just so you can pass the bite around enough to, to make it work. But it's it is still farmable. You can still farm up. Pretty much the only one you can't farm up that I can think of is the Fangs of the Father. That you can't one do that is, one, right? Well, no, you you just have to do the quest for it. That's all. You can, so you can, you can still solo do the quest for it, yeah. 
Because uh, you just get bits and pieces chat, of things. Haru in chat points out every all the legendaries in Legion are drops. Those don't count. Yeah, we don't yeah. count those. Those you are trade models. <laughs> those. Yeah. those are the Kmart legendaries. That's not the same thing. Those, <laughs> those are epics, and artifacts are legendaries. But yeah, Fangs of the Father. I mean, people were soloing that and getting Fangs of the Father like back in Pandaria and, and Warlords. More in Warlords than in Pandaria. Yeah. But... We really so saw it's just the last couple legendaries that were removed. Well, because yeah. those weren't weapons anyway. Those were like a the cloaks cloak of were, Yeah, the cloaks were taken out because it was a quest that anybody could do. Anybody could do it. Anybody could okay. progress through it. They changed the formula for obtaining legendaries at that point to where it wasn't class restricted. It was, oh, anybody can get this legendary. You just have to do this quest chain. So, you know, everybody had the opportunity to go do that quest chain. And then to, just to keep it special at the end of the expansion, they went ahead and closed it off. But they gave people plenty of fair warning if they, you know, still wanted to go get it. Yeah. The only one that's not farmable at all of the original weapons is Atiash. Yeah, because it just doesn't exist do anymore. It doesn't exist. So, yeah. Um, thanks for the question, Krevin. I don't know if we actually, like, answered the question. <laughs> but we certainly had a discussion about it. <laughs> Okay, so our next email is from Shad, who's a Patreon supporter. Thank you, Shad. Also a prot, Blood Elf Pally, who says, Do you foresee a WoW 2.0? And if you do, what would you want the game to be like? Where would it start us? What lessons should Blizz take from WoW to implement? Or are MMOs just going out of style as a major market offering? Personally, I'd like to see a different leveling system. Everyone levels from 1 to 20, choosing from among abilities and spells that will eventually determine what type of fighter they are. For example, someone who focuses on magic affinity would choose between warlock and mage and whatever else. Someone who develops an affinity for the light would be a priest or a paladin. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, that's weird, because it kind of sounds like the leveling system in Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, it is just like put points everywhere. <laughs> it reminds me; it goes all the way back to Dungeon Siege. Dungeon yeah, Siege, kinda, yeah, kind of, yeah. You'd basically just—I hit people a lot, so now I'm a fighter. You know, it was—it was like that. I don't. I'm going to be honest. I think the lesson of Titan is that Blizzard doesn't. I don't feel like they're going to do another MMO. I feel like they feel like we've got an MMO, and there it is. You want to play it? We have it. It's World of Warcraft. It's a very yeah. successful I, MMO. They don't really need to make another one. I feel like even after WoW is gone, Blizzard would take pause before making another MMO. Yeah. I think they know what a monster they have on their hands at every level. And it's no no follow-up is going to be that. Um, WoW was... They expected WoW to be popular. They figured, you know, hey, we might, we might someday get a million players. They were optimistically planning for that down the road. And it became, in, in, you know, the thing where it's churned out like over a hundred million accounts over the time. And that's, that's a, a number that's four years out of date. Uh, it, it's, this game has become huge. And in even now it, it, it probably is at a place where every time they launch an expansion, it bumps up to like seven, eight, maybe even 10 million, even though they don't want to confirm that anymore. Uh, and then it drops probably down to three or four or 5 million when, you know, near the end of the expansion. And I think it's, it's, going to be that for a while i don't see them doing another one and from uh you know like nobody wants to talk business perspective ever but if you look at it from that sense yeah wow is probably made and still makes a ton of money but if you think of like the overhead it must have in terms of staff they wow probably has the largest dev team at blizzard compared to all their other running titles 
It needs a ton of customer service for the sheer number of players it has. Uh, all of the people they probably have doing server maintenance and so forth, where some games you can probably have like two guys doing that, while probably takes a pretty significantly large team. Um, if they, if you, they have games like Hearthstone and Overwatch, which probably need fewer people to produce a really good, well-made product, that might be more tempting than making another behemoth like WoW, where, yeah, they made money on it, but it's also a logistical nightmare. Yeah, I mean, World of Warcraft, they had to, they basically had to go from like, you know, a bunch of servers to a ton of servers, and each server had multiple actuals. It's like, what we call a server is not one server in at, at some farm somewhere. It's a lot more equipment than that. Um, the original server blades are up for sale even, you can you used to be able to buy them. There's like a lot going on with World of Warcraft. I think in general, I think the lesson of Titan was that they were trying to do that again better, and they ended up realizing, no. We, we, you can't, this is not lightning. You can bottle twice. You, you, there's no point to trying to do a bigger, better MMO when you have this one already. I think if you look at other MMOs that are out right now that are relatively popular, I mean, a lot of them are, you know, niche MMOs or stuff like destiny, which is going to have destiny two fairly soon where they're, they're a different market. I think, wow, kind of absorbed a lot. That would be in other games, but if I mean, anything, there's, 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 if anything, there's skill Wars 2 and stuff. If anything, Hearthstone taught them that they can still do the same thing and get those kind of numbers with a smaller scale team on a different style of game. Because Hearthstone didn't really have that many people working on it, but it was wildly popular, like right out the gate. And I know they have more people working on it now, but they're, I don't think they're anywhere near the size of World of Warcraft's development team. Yeah, I think Hearthstone's development team is still like a quarter of the size of World of Warcraft. I think it's like 40 I... or 50 people. And at this point, I would guess, I'd, obviously I don't know, I'm not a Blizzard shareholder, I don't work for Blizzard, I would guess that Hearthstone makes more money than WoW at this point. I don't know about that. Maybe, because it's know. a smaller dev team. The massive user base, buying multiple expansions a year. Well, yeah, and you're also buying all the card decks and this, that, the other. Yeah, okay, I could see that. I could see that. But I think it. It. I think Hearthstone taught them that, oh, hey... We don't need to make this giant scale game to be successful. We can make something smaller and have it be and as successful. It Overwatch just has to be a good game. <laughs> and Overwatch is the confirmation of that approach. Yeah, it's ta it's taking the Titan stuff, doing something different with it, and making a game that's you know Overwatch doesn't have an, a dev team anywhere near Wawa's either. No, it's got it's a, a smaller a scale, one. but it has all the potential, and it has certainly has a gigantic devoted fan base and did the moment it was announced even i know when i saw that first trailer i was jazzed to play it. i didn't even know anything about it and i just wanted to play it um they can do that they don't they don't have to make an mmo to do that so i don't i don't know if we'd ever see a wow 2.0 plus you have to look at like the other examples of this kind of thing happening i mean i'm thinking everquest and then everquest 2.0 I don't think EverQuest 2.0 was ever as successful as the original EverQuest, was it? Well, EverQuest, I mean, EverQuest 2 kind of fell victim to World of Warcraft. Yeah. Generally, people are only going to be able to play one MMO. And maybe they'll have a couple of subscriptions, but there's probably just one. And they probably play one more than the other. So when WoW comes out, and it's amazing, pretty much every MMO that released around the same time just got crushed by wow yeah i just i i tried to play wildstar and world of warcraft simultaneously and it really wasn't possible 
It's just not possible to play two MMOs. So one you have to MMO a certain is probably going to time win. to like get anywhere in an MMO. <laughs> Whereas you know something like Overwatch, if you want to play Overwatch and Destiny and something else, that's fine. Or like if you just play a single. Okay, so I played Mass Effect Andromeda and then I beat it on to the next thing. MMOs don't work that way. You only get one. You're going to have day, your favorite. That's all you're going to play. Back in the day, I tried playing uh, City of Heroes and WoW at the same time, and my City of Heroes character was a joke. Like, I think he was stuck at level 10. I couldn't get past it because there just wasn't time. I was raiding in WoW. What was I supposed to do? What was I, played, I supposed to not? I played City of Heroes before I played World of Warcraft. And when World of Warcraft came out, I just dropped City of Heroes because it was no longer interesting to me anyway. I learned how to fly. Once I learned how to fly, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with this. <laughs> then I jumped into World of Warcraft, which was way more fun. So, yeah, yeah or it's... I. I will pick up other MMOs from time to time, but I do it knowing I'm not going to play it as an MMO. Like, I'm going to level and see what it's all about and just play enough of it and then cancel. And don't get me wrong. I liked Wildstar. I thought Wildstar was pretty fun when I was playing it. I just didn't have the time to dedicate to that and World of Warcraft. I didn't. There's lots of there's lots of good MMOs out there like that. You yeah. Know, the Wildstar is hardly the only one. A lot of people but... are playing Final Fantasy and love it to bits. Yeah. I see that yeah. all over the place, too. I would have kept playing The Secret World if it wasn't for WoW. I thought The Secret World was really good. Secret just World was pretty fun. It just it didn't hold my interest as long as it could have, I think, potentially. Um, but the I, I liked concept the behind it was really cool. And yeah, the I questing was really cool. Quests were legitimate puzzles, and it was like set in a modern game. So like the puzzle, or like solving the mystery... Sometimes you'd be like, look this up on your in-game smartphone, and you would, and it would give you an actual web browser. So you do, you could either look at in-universe web pages to get like the clues you needed, or in the game you could just go to Google and look for the answer. Yeah, and I think that's what captures me with MMOs is if the setting is good, that's what draws me to it. But we're kind of getting off topic here. <laughs> we're really getting off topic here. As far as WoW 2.0 goes... I don't think we're going to see it. I don't think we'll see one. Um, I think that the the changes that you're talking about where, you know, the leveling changes and things like that, if it's not something that they can incorporate into the current version of the game, I don't think they're going to do it. You know, I, I like the idea. I mean, I like doing that idea, the whole leveling thing where it's whatever you do the most, that's the class you turn out to be. I like doing that, but I don't know if I'd want to do that in World of Warcraft. So, yeah, um, thanks for the question, Chad. That kind of wraps us up, though, for the show. We, we're running over time a little bit. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line, and we'll know it's for this show. Uh, thank you guys very much for being here. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt Rossi. I've been the host. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.